0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: It seems like one of those ideas that MLS would start. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of <laughs> want it. Kind of
2: cool. Yeah. And how about the person who committed the penalty he has to be the keeper? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that would be great.
0: This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rodowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player
1: news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Bazzo. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rodowire.com. For those who normally listen for Premier League action, you're used to hearing Mike Gottlieb's name or voice, excuse me, at the beginning. But those who have been around for a while know that when I open up, we're talking Major League Soccer. Uh, I'm joined for another season by J.D. Bazo and Skylar Redpath. Gentlemen, thank you for uh, not walking away after last season. I feel like we did a pretty good job and uh, looking forward to another one. You guys did some rankings for us this week uh, that are based on the season-long game over – MLS soccer, you guys did uh, all four positions, and I wanted to jump in on those because um, you guys had some nice discussions in each post that we have up on rotowire.com/soccer. But uh, I thought we could go a little deeper. I'm going to just go f- through each position. We're going to start at the goalkeepers, and JD, I'm going to start with you, uh, and kind of just a generic goalkeeper question in terms of fantasy. Like, does if if the names were different, or the players were different, would, does it change your uh, ranking significantly, or do you do it basically? Could we have said Sounders goalkeeper and you would rank him number one?
2: Yeah, I think it's largely based on the the team in front of them. Um, a few people kind of kind of escape that generalization, like Nick Ramondo. Um, I think RSL projects to be one of the worst defenses to start the season, but Ramondo was still in both of our rankings. So, um Bill Hamid's kind of another guy that can can really carry a team and I think Josh Saunders for a large portion last year was kind of the exception to the rule. He uh he kept NYCFC in about half their games that they didn't deserve to be very close in. But yeah, largely I think you have to look at the defense in front of the the keepers.
1: Yeah, Ramondo jumped out at me, um in thinking of guys who are listed who likely, you know, any replacement, I guess, who is that? Nella still, still the backup. Like, I don't, he wouldn't make the list if Ramondo was hurt, right?
2: Yeah, that's correct. The the great thing about Ramondo is he uh, saves penalties, like, probably maybe no other keeper I've ever seen in history um, anywhere in the world. He just seems to really study up and have a knack for saving them and a lot of fantasy formats reward that heavily.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, theoretically you'd think if they're going to be so poor defensively that there could be some penalties that are that are committed there Skyler are there any goalies other than Ramondo that kind of jump out at you that you rank more because of them as opposed to their team
3: um I think you guys probably hit on all of them I think uh Raimondo is definitely a good shout um Sean Johnson is one that um you know that I'm always kind of drawn to just because of his talent but I think there's a little bit of uh, fight up until opening day for that starting spot in Chicago so um, but he's a guy that I'll I'll look at and consider regardless just because of, of how talented he is we've seen him stand on his head a few games last season so certainly capable
1: yeah that that Chicago situations like it, it seems a bit strange to have such an important position be so open now like four days five days before the season opens Matt Lampson's obviously the the other opportunity possibility there um would you guys i mean neither of you ranked johnson that highly so I obviously don't you don't consider Lampson to be all that that great am i correct about that
2: yeah i mean i think i've seen him play maybe once or twice uh <laughs> with columbus but uh, yeah i don't think uh trusting him with that new back line in chicago where all four pieces are uh are kind of new to the team and still building chemistry. I I'm not trusting either early in the season till I till I see him start to gel a little bit.
3: Yeah, that was it for me too, just the uncertainty. I mean, I'm I actually think Chicago is going to surprise some people this year, but we don't know, and we won't know until we see him play. So that's why they neither of those guys made my rankings. Um Lampson's one definitely if he starts on Saturday if you're playing on DraftKings to uh keep an eye on. I think he's like 2,500 super cheap. So um, keep an eye out for that. But yeah, that's pretty much the reason behind that. Just not knowing what's going to happen with Chicago yet. And one
1: guy I want to touch on, and I, we can end the goalie conversation after this, cause I kind of always view most goalies as the same, but one guy who is not in the league yet, but is apparently all but done is Tim Howard, um, who is going to apparently sign with Colorado Um after they got rid of Clint Irwin, who's now in t- in Toronto, is is Howard good enough to make them to, to make himself fantasy worthy? Because I don't think anybody's really jumping on you know Zach McMath at this point.
2: I think are uh, Howard's uh, big games are are good enough to really kind of help you out in different fantasy scenarios but uh i really think overall he's an average mls keeper at this point Mm -hmm. so i I mean he can steal a game but i also think that he he has his moments where he's he's not going to be the sharpest compared to some of the the really or uh in their prime talent that mls has these days
1: you think this is the same skylar
3: yeah i agree i think uh when you're talking about the kind of the younger talent you're definitely talking about a guy like Jesse Gonzalez who I think he's got tremendous upside and I think with Howard he's just he's getting up there in age I mean he's shown in his prime how good of a keeper he can be but um you know losing his starting spot over in England coming back over to MLS uh not saying that MLS is you know a terrible league or anything but it's just not it's probably not the um way that he wanted things to play out So, I don't know. I mean, I like Tim Howard. I don't think he's going to be somebody I'm just clamoring to get my lineups once he comes over. So, Mm -hmm. um, we'll kind of see how things play out in Colorado and what their back line looks like and see how he fits in. Just like with anybody, I'm not going to jump and stick him in my lineup unless maybe it's like a Drogba or something like that.
1: So, he's not a Drogba-level player? (laughs) No, not yet. Well,
3: they both might miss
2: the first two months of the season, so... Yeah, it's
1: true. <laughs> um, all right, moving to defenders. Uh, we have a, a big change in the scoring for the season-long game. Skylar, do you want to go into it at all, just to kind of give our listeners an idea of what what they need to look for now? Yeah, you, so you wrote a piece the... for MLS Soccer. That's why I'm putting you on the spot for it.
3: Yeah, um, so the scoring breakdown for the defenders – Um, Used to be you got bonus points for a combination of clearances, blocks, interceptions, and recoveries, and now this season they've broken those up into uh, separate categories, so um, not exactly sure of the the rundown, I think, for each certain category. If you get uh, four of one, you get a point. If you get six, I think recoveries, you get a point so keep an eye on on that there's certain guys that definitely uh you know are are better at certain clearances blocks interceptions certain guys that um that's kind of their forte and those are the guys that you're going to want to kind of keep an eye on and see how that scoring affects them from the from the start yeah
2: and correct me if i'm wrong but i think there's a another negative point you can get if you have an error that leads directly to goal or is that that's correct yeah, which um, so if you're if you're one of the people that gets a, a cheap center back or a cheap fullback just to kind of round out your roster and save money, uh, that could end up hurting you because if they get have a poor performance and they're well below the average, then their price goes down um, on your FMLS team. So that's something to keep an eye on.
1: Well, well, speaking of of that, you guys had a bit of a discussion because previously fullbacks we're always kind of fantasy friendly and there's a talk now that these center backs are going to be a lot more valuable because of this, this, uh, these new scoring categories, or I guess different points for the categories that were always, I'm still not even sure what a recovered ball is, but um, do you, have you guys found yourself looking more at center backs for your FMLS teams?
3: I think for me, it's something that I've had to um, kind of sh- shift towards anyways, regardless of the point scoring change. It just seems like the center backs have always been the guys that you see at the top at the end of the season. And I think I mentioned in our write-ups, like I'm super attack-minded when it comes to fantasy. I love throwing guys on the wing like Chris Tierney and Harrison Offal, Um trying to get as much firepower into my lineup as possible, but... Seems like all the guys at the top of the leaderboard, that's kind of a um, safe play is to stick to some of the consistent center backs that are picking up those extra bonus points fairly regularly. And, you know, I'm having to shy away from from my attacking, uh, the attackers that I I like to go with so much.
2: Yeah, in the same way. And I think uh, the the real key to getting a good start in FMLS and kind of – just making sure that you're going to be near the top of the, the standings by year's end, um, you have to find the the value center backs early on. Um, last year it was Axel Hoberry for for the Rapids. He was like minimum price or close to it, and he just racked up CBI's because he's like six foot eight or something <laughs> insane. But uh, if you can jump on the bandwagon with those guys, uh, you started getting price rises. Um, and you're able to put a lot of your cash into the attack. So that's, that's something that's really difficult to pinpoint right now, but it's something that you definitely want to keep an eye on after week one.
1: One of the things I noticed, J.D., on your rankings is a few guys from New York City FC, and you made the point in your write-ups that you think they're going to be better defensively this season. Um, they were atrocious last season, so I suppose you know improvement had to come. Uh, what what makes you think they're going to be so much better this year?
2: Well, I think they brought in some good pieces, and really, the the major concern is still uh, the center back spots, and whether or not Patrick Vieira is going to put a defensive midfielder <laughs> like uh, Bravo or Andrew Jacobson in there. Yeah. If if he just leaves Pirlo all alone in front of front of the back four, that's going to get really ugly really quickly. Um, I was kind of banking on the fact that he would be smarter than that. But uh, some people seem to think that it is going to be uh, kind of Pirlo, Lampard, and Mix, Disgrute, or uh, maybe somebody else like a Tommy McNamara, Quadwo, Poku. Um, but but I like to think that they're going to put a defensive midfielder there. Um, individually, I think their their new French center back, Frederic uh, Briant, mm-hmm. I think he's a he's a very good passer, and I can see him getting a lot of uh, stats for that. There's new. Um, New points if they complete a certain number of passes with a certain percentage. Yep. I think I think he has a very good chance to do that if he just plays simple out of the back. But I've also seen a couple highlights this preseason. I watched, I think, part of one game. I mean, he's looking upfield to really spring the wingers loose, and I like that a lot. There's not too many uh MLS center backs that I think do what it looks like he can do. And then Ronald Matarita, I think, is the other guy I I put pretty highly in my rankings. And that's because he could play left wing. Um, and even when he's playing left fullback, he, he's getting forward uh, a ton, and he looks quite dangerous, probably one of the best offseason signings. So if, if you're going to grab a fullback, I really like him for NYCFC. They're playing on kind of a small field that lets him kind of get upfield more. And it also probably gives the defenders more chances for uh, – clearances blocks interceptions things like that since there's less room to maneuver so yeah I think I like a couple things about NYCFC's defense I don't think statistically they're going to be
1: phenomenal but Mm. (laughs) that was uh, Angelino's spot last year correct
2: Uh, Angelino did play left back I believe yeah so well he played a lot of things
1: but (laughs) right not a lot of defense actually Um, right to go back to the center back part um that happens in the premier league as well in the premier league season long game that a lot of center backs tend to end up at the top of the list. And a lot of it is because one, there's very little center back turnover. And so these guys are always there for the clean sheets, whereas fullbacks, we there's a lot more rotation in in fullbacks. And so just the opportunity for clean sheets isn't there and, ultimately for defenders that a lot of value comes from those and they're also the ones who score more like it, it's weird to think that like fullbacks get more involved in the attack they should be more involved in actually scoring the goals but because they're the ones on the wing sending the balls in assists are nearly as many points as as goals are so you know though it's the huge center backs that are heading them in on on set pieces I think that that give them a little more value by the end of the season but obviously from week to week it could you know you can get a whole bunch of close to zeros and then they they explode but um, moving further up to these midfielders um, I I would have bet all of the money that I had in the world that JD was going to uh, rank Diego Valeri first <laughs> and I'm not saying it's wrong but I knew that he was going to be number one but Skyler you went with Javier Morales it's not like you guys were vastly different you basically flip-flopped on him but what what gives Morales the slight edge over Valeri for you
3: Oh man, that was a tough one for me. I mean, I think I might have even had to, uh Valeri at number 1 uh, before I made my rankings final. So uh I don't know, maybe just the fact that uh Salt Lake's uh, attack really needs him. I mean, obviously Portland's needs Valeri too, but it feels like Salt Lake might need <clears throat> excuse me, might need Morales a little bit more. Um they've got a new striker in Yuramov so they're going to obviously relying on morales' service into the box for him. Um it just yeah, I think he's on penalty kick duty. So it's a that's a tough call. It's really there's not much that separates him for me, but I just I give Morales a little bit
1: of a bump over him. G do you wanna retort on that one?
2: Sure. Um Javier Morales has probably been my top In my top five favorite MLS players ever since I've been a fan of the league, Um, he's incredible, but he's also 36 this year. And people keep saying he's going to, you know, decline at some point, and he keeps getting better, actually. Um, I'm just. I really think RSL doesn't need him to pull as much as the weight this year because they have Burrito Martinez getting a full preseason. Plata Plata's coming back healthy. Jorim and So they're going to play in the kind of a 4-3-3, I guess, or a 4-2-3-1. Really, they end up looking the same a lot of the time. but um, So Morales isn't going to have to pull as much as the weight. He might have to do a little bit more defensively. Um, but Diego Valeri, last season, a lot of people forget he came back and it. Off, uh, I guess it was an ACL injury, mm-hmm. I believe. And the season before, he was incredible. He was by far the best player in the league two years ago outside of maybe Robbie Keane. So uh, I just think Diego Valeri is playing in as dangerous an attack as he ever has. He's surrounded by some really talented players. Fernando Adi is, is going to be huge this year, I think. Lucas Milano, who they paid, a, I guess, a $5 million transfer fee for last year um you know he's a young up-and-coming player and Nagby's really starting to come into his own I think as a player that can put all the all the different skills he has together offensively so I think Valeri there's going to be less attention on him and he is lethal from outside the box he can set people up right and left and he's going to take set pieces so I think it's really his job to to lose the number one midfield spot here
1: okay That's all uh all very reasonable uh, the next group, I want to put three guys together because um, we had you guys had some pretty big differences on two of them. Um, the first one is Frank Lampard, who, uh, J.D., you ranked 13th, and Skylar, you ranked 25th, which is a pretty sizable difference um, when you're looking at the guys who kind of are in between them. Uh, I'm not as confident in Lampard this year. Uh, So, J.D., I'd like you to talk about why you think he deserves the 13th spot ahead of guys like Pedro Morales, Darlington Nagby, and uh, Matias Perez-Garcia.
2: Well, less than a year ago, he was playing with Manchester City, and they literally would not give him to NYCFC because they thought they needed him. Um, I really don't think that he's a, a tangibly different player than he was a year ago, we really haven't seen anything to suggest that, apart from he's been injured. So I think if he can get healthy, he's he's gonna join the attack a ton um, with David Villa. So I I just think that people are are down on him because he hasn't. We haven't seen him play too much. Last year's uh, team was a dumpster fire. Once he got healthy and was able to play. So I don't really know what you could have expected out of him then. And he actually wasn't bad uh, statistically when he played, I don't believe. So I I just think he has a much higher upside than some of the people between where I ranked him and Skyler ranked him.
1: Okay. And Skyler, you kind of go with the crowd of what we saw was what he is.
3: Yeah, I just, for fantasy purposes, have not been huge on him, even when he came over last year. Um, I think he's got the potential um and maybe i'm you know going back on what i on ranking javier morales first and him being in 36 years of age but i just feel like frank lampard's not going to put in a full season i feel like he's going to be held out in certain instances um just due to his age and and you know injury concern and whatnot so that's why i bumped him down to 25th i just i I feel like he's not going to be able to get as many opportunities to produce as many points as some of the guys that ranked ahead of them
1: okay uh, another guy that is kind of flipped Skyler you have him at 13 and him at 23 is Christian Maidana who is in Houston now um, he was a, a DraftKings uh, regular last year because he crosses the ball a ton uh, Skyler why do you like him more than Ethan Finley or uh, some of the other guys that you have above or below him
3: um I just I love his uh the position he's in right now. So Brad Davis is out in Houston and he's in. Um he's going to be the guy serving balls into JD's favorite target man <laughs> Will Bruin. First uh Will Bruin shout of the season there. Um I just I really like the position he's in. He had uh I think he was tied or right below Giovinco for assists last season. Mm-hmm. Season before that, I think he hit double-digit assists, So he's just an assist machine, and he's got the weapons he needs. If Cubo Torres starts uh, warming up and, and getting hot, then I think he's got another weapon right there. So I just I think Maidana's in a good position in Houston.
1: And, J.D., is brewing the reason why you have Maidana 10 spots lower?
3: Not really.
2: I think that Houston, I just— I don't know how they're going to put it all together. They're one of the, the handful of teams that just feels like their pieces don't fit. Um, I don't think Maidana is really suited for for the number 10 role behind a, a front three if they play a 4-3-3. Um, and, you know, the wingers are like Andrew Wanger and uh, I, they're saying Cuba Torres might play on the wing. Um, Mauro Minotis could play on the wing. And all these players are not that great defensively. I mean, Wanger is possibly a defender, no but I don't even think he knows what he is. (laughs) But uh I I don't see how Maidana fits into this really. I don't know that he's gonna get comfortable. Uh he's a he's a good talent, but I I just don't rate him as highly as uh I think Philly was kind of the stats came out of necessity. Like somebody has to be doing something for them to score goals. Um and Philly plays a lot more direct than most teams. They they don't really play a possession game. They're just kind of lobbing it up the field. Uh, taking some shots, so I I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see how Maidana plays early on, and maybe I'll buy in, but I, I'm skeptical to start. Okay. Can I also mention that Skyler has Dax McCarty ahead of Frank Lampard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, he also has him in front of Michael Bradley. Um, he's the next guy I want to talk. Both <laughs> of you have him at 21, which felt low to me. Um, maybe just because he's American. Or you know he's like a U.S. captain, but that feels low to me. Um, well,
2: there's there's uh, not rumors, I guess. There's actual reports that he's just been glued to the number six spot, the defensive midfield, mm-hmm. and he's not getting forward uh, nearly as much as he did last season. So that's a concern, and um, I that's another team where I don't know how all the pieces are going to come together. You have Josie and Jovinko, but they're trying to play a four three three. Uh, the, the one winger is probably going to be a rookie um so it, it I don't know how Will Johnson and Benoit Sheru they all kind of seem like they play similar roles to Bradley I don't know how everything fits together but I I feel like Toronto's focus is to be strong defensively and let Javinka do his thing
1: seems like a reasonable plan though no
3: sure <laughs> absolutely <Ben. laughs> yeah I like Bradley and I think uh I think he's going to be fine, but I think for me, the reason I, ra- I rank DAX ahead of him is just because of the new scoring format and because the rankings are based on season long. Which anybody listening that's looking at our rankings, we need to reiterate that these are based off of the season long MLS fantasy game and not daily fantasy like DraftKings or, or Mondo Goal or any of the daily sites offering MLS. Um, you know, there's certain scoring formats that players are better suited for those, but. I think the scoring format, especially with the changes, really suits guys like Dax McCarty, D- Darlington Nagby, and even uh, Bradley to a certain extent. But um, some of the guys that have been doing some of the preseason write ups have dug in a little bit deeper into the stats. And um, I think Dax McCarty and Osvaldo, Osvaldo Alonso from Seattle are two of the guys that will benefit most, um, you know, factoring in. Last season's numbers um with the new changes, so that's I gave Dax a little bit more credit um based off of some of that, and he had a pretty good season last year, and New York hasn't really changed a whole lot since uh since last year they've got a lot of the same team coming back, and i just i think Dax has got a pretty good upside for fantasy m l s
1: all right <laughs> uh it seems like just what you said the this new scoring is exactly everything that he does and it's um i'm not yeah, sure if that's passes
3: pro- completed and stuff like that like that's right. his game he's basically the you know pinging the ball around to their attackers
1: yeah if the point was to get more players to be to have fantasy value uh they obviously nailed it if they can figure out a way to make Dax McCarty important <laughs> kind
2: of, Very, really quickly. I think that the scoring changes just help attacking midfielders even more. I mean, it sets them further apart from the wingers. It sets them further apart from the defensive midfielders. So, I mean, really, I think if you get distracted and want to load up on defensive midfielders or something, you're you're making a mistake. Um, and wingers really are going to accrue less points because they're they just don't get in on the action as much. So, guys like Ethan Finley. Um, I know Kevin Molina is a really popular one coming back who I loved him early last season before he got hurt, but he's just not a guy in fantasy MLS that, that I really want to buy into right away. You, you have to get the guys that are going to grab the most points and nine times out of 10, that's attacking mids. Um, I think defensive midfielders are now, um, attractive options for double game weeks. Like when Dax has a double game week, I'm in. But, uh, but when he has a single game week, I'm, I'm not going to go for the save, uh, whatever five points he's going to get.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, m- moving on to the forwards, um, you guys amazingly had Javinko uh, number one. Um, there was a question uh, that we had from Twitter, basically, of whether the new scoring, um, which I believe the new scoring from DraftKings applies now. Did we have that before? the uh, M L S season ended last year? Yeah, I think so. Oh, we did have it? Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Just for just
2: for like a month,
3: I think. Okay. Yeah, it was like the last month of the season in the playoffs, so we got to test it out. Test
1: it out a little bit. Okay. Um looking at the forwards rankings, somebody that we mentioned earlier was Josie Altador. Uh J D, you have him thirteen and Skyler, you didn't mention him at all. Um <laughs> which uh somewhat I understand I was going through um box scores the other day and came across uh, one at the end of the season when he got tossed from the bench and i thought to myself this is the kind of player that he is i think that we're we've got to worry about stuff like that he's hurt right now um he's questionable for the opener on sunday for this a hamstring injury something an injury that he's had multiple times but um jd why do you like josie ahead of cj sapong and uh, giovanni dos santos
2: well, if I'm not mistaken, Josie Altador had 13 goals last year. Um, I, I mean, he's still going to score goals. It's just a matter of um, is he really putting up the consistent performance that you want to have in fantasy MLS. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm ranking over the course of the season, you know, I'm going to put him fairly highly. Is he ever going to be on my team? Probably not, <laughs> because he's not getting kind of the. Uh, it it's just kind of a dice roll when he's gonna have one of those stupid games where he gets a red card, throws a hissy fit, versus when he I mean he can have a two goal game as easy as uh, all but maybe five people in the league. Mm-hmm. So um, I I would kind of consider him right around to CJ Sapong, I suppose.
1: Okay, and um,
2: I'm I'm shocked that Skyler has him outside the top twenty five completely.
1: That's what I was just about to ask Skyler. You don't have him at all. You found 25 he's... guys that you would prefer to have. You guys even did honorable mentions, and he wasn't there either. <laughs> yeah, I think because...
3: honorable mentions, yeah. I uh, probably would have thrown him in if JD didn't have him, but I did have him in, and then I just started finding other guys that I like just a little little bit more than him for the season-long game. Um, he's so goal-dependent. Like, Really, that's all he's going to give you if you – Put him on your team is you're gonna hope that he has a goal or a breakout game with two goals, Mm -hmm. and I think if you look at my rankings, you find some guys that might be able to contribute a little bit more than that across the board, assists or you know uh, might have the upside of of taking shots, which you get four point or one point for every four shots this season. So I don't know. I think it's so tough once you get past like the seventh or eighth. Forward, then all of those guys. It's just a crapshoot for me. Like there's some guys that I like better than others for season-long purposes, and like guys like Josie and and Jassi Zardes, I ended up having to leave out just because I felt like some of these guys have just that little bit more upside to them based off of uh, the position that they're in, mm-hmm. maybe based off of uh, you know their attack. Like Giovinco, I, I feel like eats into Josie's uh, fantasy value. I feel like Keen and Dos Santos eat into Zardes' value. So that was kind of some of the decision-making process on Josie.
2: See, I think that Josie has as much upside as almost any forward after the first seven or so, because, I mean, we know how good he can be. And I also think, I mean, Jovinko has to help Josie. I mean, he opens up so much space. If Josie Altidore finds form this year, I mean, he's going to be extremely good.
3: Yeah, the upside's there for sure, and I might end up looking like a fool for leaving him off. But, uh, man, it was, like I said, it was tough for me, like any of those guys that I left out. um, I even felt like Iguana Nike was a guy that I felt like should have been top 25. I think he's a guy that could end up having a big year.
1: Well, speaking of the guy... The single guy that you both ranked 25th is Jordan Morris, who I think is obviously getting plenty of attention uh, now that he's finally with the Sounders. J.D., what what's a realistic projection in terms of goals for Morris this year?
2: Seven or eight, I think. I mean, I think it's kind of foolish to expect him to get too much more than that when he's going to be playing on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: he's, not, he's not cheap, uh, in FMLS, like,
2: no, I mean, I think it's just the hype train. And right. I th- also think that he kind of maybe got shoehorned into Skylar and I's rankings because of it. Um, <laughs> I, if I was just watching the player, I don't know that I'd put him in the top 25 coming into his rookie season, but the the upside is the reason he's in there. There, there's some version or some alternate universe where Jordan Morris could have a huge year. Um, but I, I'm just not confident in it and I think that there's a a, probably 10 guys that we didn't rank that could also have gone in that 25th spot so
1: so so a Kyle Laren rookie season is you think is is way above what he's going to do
2: yeah I think so I don't think Morris has it in him to have a Kyle Laren rookie season partially just because of where he plays and uh who else is in that offense Kyle Laren had to had to do all the heavy lifting Jordan Morris gets Clint Dempsey and uh Nelson Valdez, who I think uh, me and Skylar are both a big fan of this year,
1: mm-hmm. so there's no yeah. thought that the idea that he can't replace a good portion of Obafemi Martins' production.
2: Yeah, they're. I don't think they're even close to the same player. And Jordan, oh, Morris, I didn't mean to by, imply that, but no, no, I know. But uh, I think Nelson Valdez picks up more of it. Okay, Jordan Morris still has a lot of growing pains to get through, even if you've been watching him in the the CCL. The prior the first leg I guess and even in the uh, the teams for the, the games for the national team
3: yeah I think it was a combination of uh, both those factors with Obafemi being gone and, and Morris having to fill in to uh, try to fill some of that void I, like you JD I don't think he's capable of filling all of that void because Obafemi was he was a beast he was fun to watch he was a fantasy machine when he got going but I think Two, um, part of the reason that I ended up throwing him into the, that 25th spot is yeah maybe looking at what Laren did and saying, man, I'd, you know, if Jordan Morris, if there's anybody this season that could do that, then it, it could be him. Um, he's in a pretty, you know, pretty solid attack in Seattle and he's going to have his opportunities. So whether it's goals or assists, he's he should be contributing because I don't think Dempsey is going to be scoring all the goals. I think they're going to spread it around a pretty good bit between Dempsey and Valdez and, uh, and Morris. So I think he's good enough for 25th, but um, just have to kind of see how he fits in to that attack.
1: Mm -hmm. You're both are both pretty high on Clint Dempsey. Um, You have him at six. One guy that is ahead of him that we uh, briefly mentioned before is Didier Drogba, who um, I'm reading now is now doubtful for the opener and, could miss uh, more matches the beginning of the season because four of the first five uh, matches for the Impact are on turf, and um, he's kind of in that.
2: Yeah, I think five of the first six.
1: Five of six, okay. Um, Maybe it's four or five after the opener. Um, So...
2: I have a question for Didier Drogba. Why did you sign with a (laughs) team that plays on turf if you don't want to play on it? Like uh, the the Chicago Fire wanted him, and he said, oh, "I don't want to go there. I want to go to the team that plays on turf."
1: Do they not? It doesn't the new stadium have grass in Montreal? Cause I don't yeah, think they think p- it does. those. Yeah, I think the new one has has grass. So, the big so, the bigger matches they play in the Olympic Stadium. Oh,
2: so that's why some. Okay, that yeah. makes sense.
1: So yeah, those Champions League matches last year. We actually had games. this discussion. Last I think year. we. Did. Yeah, I think I, we did. Yeah, I remember it. Um, but
2: it, but still, I'm so tired of Drogba. I. I wouldn't care if he left the league.
1: Well, well, no. Saying that you guys you ranked him fourth and Skyly ranked him fifth. Uh, that is that ranking with the assumption that he plays as much as possible. I mean, you guys kind of noted that you're you didn't uh, take out any international, although he's not playing internationally anymore. But that you kind of did that more for the short term. But there has to be that concern specifically with him. I don't think there are many other players that um, that that qualifies for that. He may not play that much just because it's turf,
2: or he might leave halfway through the year. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. who knows? If if but the beauty of FMLS is you get a transfer every week or right. two, actually. Right. Um. So I mean, if if you were drafting for a season long league, which I guess is possible, um, and you knew Dragba would play seventy five percent of the games, I would still have him at probably close to top five. Okay. I mean, he he's that good that uh, last season, I think he had a higher points per game in fantasy than Javinko I I might be wrong on that, but he was darn close. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's going to be a force when he's out there. I think that's just the type of guy that he is. You're not going to send him out on the field and see him just kind of be lazy, not play hard. And uh, I don't think you lose the, the world-class finishing touch that
3: Drogba has. Okay, I like that. Yeah, he's definitely a player when he's playing when he's out there, then you're going to especially in a in a an attractive matchup, you're going to put him in your lineup because of the upside that he has. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice here. He's got um I mean he's got hat trick upside pretty much every time he steps on the field. I think he had two hat tricks last season. He only played you know a handful of games there at, at, during the second half of the season, and he's still hit for 11 goals and uh if you didn't have him in your lineups a couple of weeks that he went off then you know you definitely fell down the rung as far as the fmls leaderboard goes and just he's a top five forward i mean he's obviously a historic uh goal scorer and he's going to be a guy that when he's playing if he's playing you've got to at least consider him Mm
1: -hmm. are there any new guys to the league that you guys would consider right away for your FMLS teams, or are you staying away until you see what they can do?
3: Um, I'm probably I'm erring on the side of caution with most of the new guys. I'm probably going to take a wait-and-see wait approach. I think that's, for me, in the past, and I've been bit by just jumping on somebody based off of name value or kind of the hype surrounding them. Um, it actually bit me last year for not jumping on the Giovinco bandwagon soon enough. Um, but this season I just I don't know that there's a player like that that's gonna be uh be worth the the same return that he could produce.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of been a a long held belief in FMLS circles that you you wait and see with the new guys that come in, and I really despise that that thought. Like the people coming in that are hyped are hyped for a reason because they're really good. And if someone could come in and get a full preseason, I don't think uh, you should kind of wait and see on just because they're new. But the guys this year are kind of new and in teams with kind of uncertain attacks. You have Sissian coming back. I think he'll be good, but he's going to need to find his form and shake the rust off. I think Shkelson Gashi in Colorado, he, he won the Golden Boot in the Belgium League two years running, I believe um but I, I i can't trust colorado's attack to work until i see it with my own two eyes and i might have to see it a couple times in a row cuz it's going <laughs> to yes. be that it's going to be that surprising and um i think luciano acosta is a guy that I, i'm already convinced is dc's best player but i just don't know if dc's offense can click um watching them so far in the ccl their strategy is to just kind of lob it up from the back, which is a terrible strategy when your forwards are very short. <laughs> like L- Luciano Acosta is what, like five three, or something like that, and Fabian Espindla, I believe, is uh, a couple inches short of six foot. So uh, I don't know how DC United's gonna gonna put it together. And uh, Luciano Acosta, while while I think I'll like him on a site like DraftKings, not so much for FMLS.
3: I think DC actually had Nick Daly on. I was watching last night. They actually had Nick Daly on at center mid and it just it, it wasn't working. I mean, it, it just looked bad. So, hopefully uh they use that champion the CONCACAF Champions League games to to uh, kind of get an idea of where they need to be going into the season, but I don't know. It looked rough. I actually like Nyarco out on the wing if if they can make that work, but um You mentioned Gashi I really like him is one to watch he is one guy that I'd probably if any of the newcomers I'd probably consider him right off the bat um I think they've got a game on the road their first game so I don't know going back to last year and just historically I've always been a fan of uh home teams and favoring the home team so especially right out of the gate then I'll probably shy away from him at least in my FMLS team but he's a guy that I definitely think is gonna Help Colorado turn their attack around.
1: So, who do you think is, is? Do you think he's the first one, the first new player that you'd have on your team? Not necessarily right off the bat, but do you think he put, he'll he'll force his way onto your team?
3: Yeah, I think so for me. JD, who do you think yours is?
2: Yeah, I th- uh, forwards only, right?
3: Sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I th- I think it's Gashi, but Mufisian is close, um, because RSL's attack could could really look dangerous early on, and I would buy in right away. They have a ton of talent.
1: What about for midfielders?
2: Uh, as far as new midfielders, let me take a look at who we're talking about here. I think John Goosens is kind of an interesting one to watch. I don't really know. No one else is jumping out at me as being someone that's that's brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but Goosens in Chicago, I like the way they're going to play. I'm I'm kind of all in on being a fan of the fire this year.
1: Whoa. Uh,
2: see, that <laughs> it was really play... just Harry
1: Ship holding them back. Now you're all in.
2: Well, I, I love the high-pressure system. They're just going to let the young guys uh, go loose and play. And um, so it, it should be exciting, even if the results aren't there. Um, but, yeah, Goosens has been all over the internet with that highlight real goal. And uh, I think he's been considered a talented player for quite some time. It's just he can't. Can't quite put it together, so maybe this is this is his chance. Another yeah. guy is Simon Dawkins in San Jose. He's returning to the league, and I think he's really flying under the radar.
3: Yeah, I like Dawkins. I like the goose and shout for sure. I think he's going to have a good season. Um, don't know much about uh, Philly's new pickup, Roland Alberg or Alberg.
2: Oh, that's yeah, he's a good one. But and yeah, Ilcino.
3: Yeah, he's going to have his opportunities, just kind of like you were saying with Madonna, just by default. Then I think uh, he's a guy that most people don't know much about, but is one to watch out of the gate.
2: Yeah, I'd probably put him ahead of the guys I said, actually, now that you mention it.
3: Albert?
1: Is it Bert? Yeah, Bert?
2: yeah. Al- I think it's Albert, but Albert. I I don't know. We'll have to check on that. <laughs> and Ilsenio they just signed, who's coming from Shakhtar Donetsk. Um. Who's who looks to be pretty good. He's probably going to be on corners and most likely set pieces, unless uh, Barnetta like just steals all of them and shanks them wide or <laughs> <laughs> boots them thirty yards off the net, like he tends to do.
1: Um. All right. Uh,
2: one one more. Um. Christian Bolanos for the Vancouver Whitecaps is is an awesome player. He's been in Concacaf forever with Costa Rica, so uh, very excited to see how he fits into their midfield.
1: Okay. Okay, I like that. Um, let's jump into some daily stuff. Um, DraftKings has opened up their uh, opening weekend contests, Mondo Goal is open as well. Uh, I haven't seen anything at Yahoo. There's There hasn't been any talk, uh, although there was no talk for um, Premier League and it just kind of opened. So uh, we can hope that happens. Um, we have uh, some advertising on our site now for – Um, a site called The Six, which uh, I believe has MLS as well as a a bunch of, excuse me, it's playthesix.com, which has a bunch of different uh, leagues. They have like Bundesliga and La Liga. Actually, I haven't seen Bundesliga anywhere else. So uh, if anybody is interested there, go nuts. Um, But so opening DraftKings weekend, we've got literally every single team playing, uh, which we don't get a lot. And in classic MLS fashion, the games are all throughout the day. So uh, <laughs> lineup lock happens uh, about eight different times this week. Should um, be fun. Yeah, so we literally have one thirty Eastern, 2, 3, 4:30, 5:30, 7 and 10 p.m. Um be yeah, should be fun. So
2: and right off the bat, let's note that the 10 p.m. 10 p.m. game is two teams that played CCL this week, so there could be some weird rotation that you don't expect and uh that that's a tough one to count on.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that wasn't horrible enough. Uh the season opens with Toronto and the Red Bulls which uh brings us immediately to Sebastian Javinko who was without a doubt the best DFS option last season. Do you guys think he has a similar impact this year? I'll, I'll also note that he's actually not the most expensive player on this slate. Kai Kamara uh tipped him uh by 400 bucks, but um is he is he going to be must play all season again?
2: Yeah, probably. I I, I really don't see why not.
3: Yeah, if you if he goes off and you don't have him, then you can go ahead and shut your laptop down, or you know <laughs> go do whatever your wife or girlfriend or whatever wants to do. So it just he's that good. He's it seemed like last season though he did struggle against the Red Bulls. Like it seemed like he wasn't putting up as big of numbers trying to think back but um... that, that's
2: true but the Red Bulls are a little shakier defensively this year without Miazga so mm-hmm. yeah uh, I I don't know how they're gonna how I mean Javinko is gonna just slice their center defense like Swiss cheese
3: <laughs> I yeah. think so he's capable for sure I mean he was he was one of the few players that like was putting up 30 or 40 points week in and week out and then yeah he'd have his like 20 point game but even without scoring a goal, then he's probably going to get you close to 20 points. So, yeah, well,
1: worth... the, I'm looking here. There are four guys in the league that averaged at least 18 fantasy points a game. It was Drogba, Spindola, Morales, and Jovinko. And all of those guys, Morales was the highest of the non-Jovinkos at 18 and a half. And Jovinko averaged 25.7. <laughs> I mean, wow. That's crazy. Um, I would just describe it as Ronaldo upside for anybody who did, who plays Champions League on DraftKings that like if there's a guy who could score three goals assist two more and send in six crosses it's Javinco. Yeah,
2: yeah definitely and, yeah, and on... uh, the Toronto team is not as overmatched as Real Madrid is against some of those puny La Liga or Champions League teams mm, so it's point. probably it's probably more impressive than Ronaldo.
3: Good point. Yeah one last thing on Jovinko I know we're Getting a, getting a shot to uh, talk him up here, and we're we're running with it. But there's so much value just from taking a glance at this, the prices across the board since there's so many games going and with there being so many new players in the league. Um, there's so much value. Like if you want to play Giovinco, you, you'll be able to find a way to play him fairly easily. And uh, you could pair him with some pretty good other players too. So it's going to be a fun fun slate.
1: I was going to say we we spoke last year about trying to get uh two if not three of these upper tier players into our lineups that may have been before they expanded to 11 but that being said with it seems like like you said with the bigger slate and a lot of question marks about these new guys in the league you should be able to get Javinko and a, and one or two other guys without going with uh Mark Bloom if you will from uh, <laughs> the joke from last season but um, who that are... wasn't a joke. That was reality. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's fair. <laughs> he
3: was he was actually telling people to take Mark Bloom. He was he was. that's down on on paper somewhere. <laughs>
1: um, who are some of the guys that are really in that low range? You mentioned Seno before. I see he's here at twenty six hundred bucks. Um, who were some of the guys that jumped out at you in terms of that that were very underpriced?
2: Well, at forward, I think Tesho Akindele, if he starts, is a great pick. He's only 3,400, which has to be very close to the minimum. Um, it, FC Dallas has probably the best matchup of the week. Yeah, Uh Maurice, against Philly. <laughs> Maurice Adu and Barnetta are both probably going to miss the game for Philly. Yep. And they have some new pieces in the back line. It's at Dallas. So, yeah, I think Tesho or Arruti, I don't know what Aruti's price is off to... He's forty seven hundred, so a little bit more, but uh, I think those are two that really jump out quick at forward for me.
3: Yeah, I think in the midfield, uh, Andreas Evenschutz is a guy that you've got to consider at thirty nine hundred. He's supposed to be all on all set pieces for the Sounders this season, and uh, he's thirty nine hundred. So, I think that's a pretty solid value there.
2: Yeah, I think Dylan Powers is also thirty nine hundred. Or maybe he's even cheaper. And uh, he's a he's a player I have a, a lot of high hopes for this season. It sounds like he's he's coming in very motivated.
1: Are yeah. we I see that Maidana's at forty eight. He was much more expensive last season. Um do we have a feel that he's gonna be on corners for Houston?
3: Yes, I think so.
2: Yeah, I can't think of who else would take it Yeah, that's
3: sort of what I was thinking. I think um, Bonnet Garcia takes some set pieces for him.
2: There's a really yeah. good chance Bonnet Garcia isn't starting if I Yeah, if
3: yeah I haven't really correct. kept up with him too much. Okay.
2: Their their center midfield is a mess. Um I I really don't know what and even <laughs> some of their wing positions are are kinda shaky. Like it looks like Leo, Lionel Miranda and Andrew Wenger or fighting for a spot, and I bet half the people listening to this podcast have never heard of
3: either of them. (laughs) Um, One other quick plug for a cheap guy um, in the midfield is, we just spoke about him, was Roland Alberg, or Alberg. He's 2,700, so he's going to be pretty much a bit of an unknown across the board, and he he does have a tough matchup, first game at Dallas, but... If you really, if you're tied on cash and you need that, um, you need to fill that utility spot or something. Twenty seven hundred, I think he could be a guy at least worth a, a look.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's a phenomenal price for him.
1: So when you guys get values like that, where do you, where are you trying to spend that money? Are you trying to get better defenders so that you can find some crosses there? Are you trying to get Javinko, kamara and keen or i guess maybe not keen with the the late one but who uh what kind of players are you looking to to fill on the upper tier
2: i think this week it's elite forwards i think i think the key is going to be to not be tempted by the the high price midfielders because you need if you can find all these cheap midfield values then you can load up on the star strikers and it if you're into multi-entry, you can do it in several combinations and I think one of is going to be a winner.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Definitely GPP, you try to find as many of the uh high octane forwards that you can squeeze in. Um cash, I'd probably opt more for like Maro Diaz, Kaká, those type of players trying to get them in just to uh you know, just to kind of give yourself that safe upside with the crossing and and shots and Everything across the board that those guys offer, but yeah, if you're trying to take down a GPP, I'd try to get as much offensive firepower as possible, and just hope that every single one of your guys goes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's it's just so tough because some of these midfielders that are high priced that that my brain tells me to stay away from. I mean, the devil on my shoulders also saying Clint Dempsey <laughs> could be the highest scoring player on the whole slate. Um, Fabian Castillo. Diego Valeri, Maro Diaz. like These guys could be as good as any forward that, that we're touting. So uh, there's definitely a balance, and I I think I'm going to have to play around with the combinations a lot. And the other thing I'm going to advocate for right now is if you have a lineup in the GPP with Jovinko, I would put another lineup in without Jovinko because should, should Jovinko have an average day um, I think some some lineups that are brave enough to go in without him are going to clean up because he has to be extremely highly owned, right? Over
3: 50%? Oh, yeah, probably.
2: Um, Even in tournaments. So d- yeah. and you have such a big selection on these games that I think some combination of players is bound to outscore Javinko lineups. So, um, yeah, I, I'd venture to say that Probably two thirds of my tournament lineups will not have Javinko.
3: Well. and not it, because I, mean, I
2: think not because I think he's going to do bad. It's just game theory.
3: Yeah, that's a good strategy to have, especially in a GPP, because there's not going to be there's going to be a lot of guys, especially some of the new players playing MLS, that just look at him and you know do feel like he's bringing that Ronaldo upside. So he's he's I'd say he's going to be over fifty percent owned for sure. Um, if you're looking for another value at forward, another guy that ends that uh, name starts with G and ends with O, not Javinko's Gilberto, fifty-four hundred.
1: I wanted to bring him up earlier because you, you seem to be pretty high on him.
3: I'm pretty high on him this season. I think he's going to have a good year if he gets a full season in. He played uh, partial season last season. I think he was brought on late, and man, he was. They were kind of giving him the keys to the attack, and he was hitting on all cylinders he was scoring goals, taking lots of shots, so it feels like they're gonna run their attack through through a calm and and Joe Berto this season so um forgive me for that little for that cheesy giavinko reference here but <laughs> i just, I was just looking at them on one on top of another and rolled with it my so, bad.
1: so if you if you decide to build without Javinko, who are the forwards? those upper tier fours. Cause I mean, you have all, they're all available. Um, so JD, which ones do you think are, are reasonable to, to use instead of Javinko?
2: I think David Villa is a guy I look to right away. Um, I think Kai Kamara, he wants to prove, uh, that he deserved this huge contract he just got. Uh, those are the two easy answers. Um, Kyle Laren and Fernando Adi are both guys that I'm kind of looking at because RSL is is going to be coming off the midweek match. Uh, their defense is probably one of the worst in the league, so I I like somebody from Orlando to have a huge game, but I I'm not quite sure who to pick. Um, Fernando Adi playing against Columbus. I'm I'm not really sure that Columbus's defense is is going to come into the season the strongest. They certainly weren't last season, so. Uh, Those are two guys probably a little lower down the list, but I kind of like the – if you don't go with Javinko, I kind of like taking some value forwards or at least one value forward and then getting a a high-priced midfielder like Clint Dempsey Mm
1: -hmm.
2: or Mauro Diaz. I mean, Mauro Diaz might be my my top play this week. Wow.
1: Uh, We will have rankings up at some point, weekly rankings, as opposed to these season-long ones just to give people – some uh some help for this weekend um anything else or do you let me because we started with goalkeepers let's end with them are are there which ones are you guys looking at for this weekend or are they all the same and you're just going to take the cheapest starter I mean, if Lampson goes
3: yeah Lampson if he starts is is a uh, pretty nice play with them being at home against NYCFC I mean yeah, you've got David V on the other end, but that could mean more more saves for him. I think he just had nine saves in his last preseason game against Portland. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I would challenge people to think about the Chicago Fire defense and name their entire back line. If you can do it, then go ahead and play Lampson. If you can't, <laughs> then I, w- I would probably suggest looking elsewhere. The value is so good this week uh, at every position except goalkeeper that – I really think it's going to pay to spend up on the keepers um I think Jesse Gonzalez is probably my favorite but David Usted and David Bingham are are two other really good plays um for Usted he plays home at home and it's against Montreal without Drogba so um Harry Ship still trying to kind of gel and um you know, connect with his teammates, but they're still dangerous, but without a, a true target striker, I think Vancouver's good defense can kind of shut them down, so I'm a proponent of the the expensive keeper this week, because all of the prices are pretty close together, to be honest.
1: Yeah, other than Lampson, they're all within about 600 bucks, basically.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah I like uh, Jesse Gonzalez, for sure. Um, I actually do like Dan Kennedy, too. I know LA just got throttled last night, but they are playing dc united at home who also has looked terrible on offense and and also hasn't looked good in champions league so i think it could be uh i think la could have a good game and i actually like keen a lot too i know we're talking goalkeepers but i don't know if you threw him in there as one of the forwards that you'd target if you're trying to pair with uh, giovinco but he's a guy that i definitely um stick in there I think
2: uh, we're going to be fighting about Dan Kennedy all season long because <laughs> uh, I think he's easily a bottom five goalkeeper in the MLS.
1: Uh, uh, individually or because he's the Galaxy goalkeeper?
2: Individually. Okay. I mean, because he's the Galaxy goalkeeper, it probably is going to get him bumped up my rankings a lot of the time because <laughs> I think their defense is going to bring it together at some point. Mm-hmm. But Kennedy's just fundamentals are are not good. He's kind of like the old-school MLS keeper that just got by on athleticism Mm -hmm. um, and kind of just – he'd grind it out. But, like, Kennedy, he just – he can't catch the ball as cleanly as most of the the keepers in MLS anymore. Athletically, he's probably slower than almost every single one. Um, So when the defense breaks down, I don't trust Kennedy to bail – bail los angeles out at all anymore and that i mean he used to bail out chivas on a weekly basis or even probably every five minutes but those days are long gone it's not the same dan kennedy though that mls fans are used to and i think people that pick him in daily fantasy often are going to get burned (laughs) oh man
3: okay great I'm here
2: for the hot takes, people. Skyler's the nice guy.
3: (laughs) I think it's a good matchup for him. That's all I'm going to say.
2: It's probably a pretty good matchup. That's definitely true this week.
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to stop us there because uh, God knows what will come out of JD's mouth next. Uh, (laughs) Guys, thank you for all of those rankings because uh, I think they're very helpful, everyone. You can go to rotowire.com slash soccer. Uh, We tape Tape this on a Wednesday night um, so we're kind of in between Premier League um, week or game week so th- we're just packed with MLS uh, info up there um, so guys thank you for that thank you for the weekly rankings you're hopefully going to do soon and uh, good luck this weekend
3: yeah good luck guys yeah good to be back good luck everybody
1: Thank you for listening to the
0: Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rodowire.com slash soccer. Oh wow, you're actually wearing your hair down tonight. Yeah, because I finally decided that I love my hair. I figured out the solution for my morning frizz, midday poof, and even next day bedhead. It's Frizz E! Secret Weapon Touch-Up Cream by John Frieda. Well, you and your hair look flawless.
2: Flawless and touchable. Feel. See? It's soft. Smooth ends. No flyaways. Shiny. Well, I clearly need to get some because your hair looks
4: amazing. Frizz E! Secret Weapon. Only from John Frieda.